0: is gays in which we're gay and we gaze into media that's by for or about ladies who love ladies and sometimes we talk about other stuff my name's aaron and a baguette for your chickens
1: and my name's aaron and nothing like a harness to start the day yeah that's the fucking (laughs) quote that is the quote welcome to under the christmas tree the most delightfully unexpectedly beautiful christmas movie i've ever watched (laughs) i loved it 10 out of 10 no comment that's it no notes no notes it was perfect
0: <laughs> okay i thought it was really boring anyway <laughs> you can follow us on twitter <laughs> at gaze gaze send us uh, some suggestions for christmas movies that aren't fucking lifetime movies i realized i don't like this <laughs> that's fine
1: before we go any further with Under the Christmas Tree, I do want to note an addendum from our last episode.
0: Oh, yeah. So
1: I, when when I was talking about Roseanne, I was fully going off of my memory of Jackie's lore. And come to find out, I had brainwashed myself into thinking that Roseanne was gayer than it actually was. <laughs> no. Um, which was that, so I said that later in the series Jackie comes out as a lesbian and then Roseanne redacts it in the finale to be like I was writing a novel for all of these seasons and Jackie wasn't actually a lesbian she was straight all along Come to find out I had it reversed. So Jackie is straight the whole series. And then at the end, Roseanne is like, and Jackie was a lesbian, but I wanted her to be straight. So when I wrote the story, I made her straight. And so then in the obviously in the Connors, the follow-up series, she's also straight. Oh. So yeah. So this was pointed out to us by Bleentastic on Twitter. So thank you very much for noting this and sending the correction. Much appreciated. Again, I just completely brainwashed myself into thinking, I have my gay glasses on, right? Only the gayest thoughts will stay in my brain. And so the thought of Jackie (laughs) being a lesbian, that was something that just really stuck with me, apparently.
0: yeah, Because it makes sense.
1: Right? But yeah, so many thanks. And the other side note is that in the series, Roseanne and Jackie's mom comes out as a lesbian
0: oh and
1: that is that's the thing that's redacted she's at the in the series finale she's like and my mom was straight but i always thought that she would be gay and jackie was gay but i always thought that she would be straight (laughs) and it's like again what the worst finale that's ever been written for a tv sitcom
0: did dan still die dan died
1: in real life but he lived on in the series so in the Connors, he's still alive
0: oh I don't understand Roseanne Lore. I
1: said in real life, as in John Goodman died. <laughs> he did not die. John Goodman is alive and well. All right. Anyway,
0: talking about we're talking about under, under the Christmas, Christmas tree. tree. I
1: I have no opening notes or content
0: warnings for this. If you hate fucking Christmas, then like be warned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> than that <laughs> so
1: for the past couple of years every episode before christmas we've tried to do a christmas movie mm-hmm. and it's very difficult because there aren't a lot of christmas movies out there for lesbians so like the first year we did carol because that was all that existed and mm-hmm. then and then <laughs> it, the next year happiest season had come out so we did that one yeah and then the next year we managed to find season of love miraculously honestly And then Mm -hmm. this year, we have Under the Christmas Tree, which came out right before Christmas in 2021. So just shortly after we recorded our Season of Love episode, Mm -hmm. actually. And this is a Lifetime movie. I thought it was a Hallmark
0: movie, but of course Hallmark wouldn't do this. Of course it would be Lifetime. Yeah, I think, didn't Hallmark specifically say that they're not going to put out any gay movies? You're thinking of the
1: drama that just happened with Candace Cameron's oh. channel, which I can't remember what it is. But she just got into some mega hot water because her like Christmas movie channel, she plays DJ Tanner in Full House, by the way. Oh. Yeah. Um, her Christmas movie channel. Somebody asked her, are you ever going to have homosexual characters in your as main characters in your Christmas movies? And she was like, our network is always going to just show traditional families. Ugh. And then that got, obviously got her into some hot water. And there was one reporter who was like that I saw on TikTok that was trying to shimmy around and like write some funny headlines about her and I don't know her PR team was going to bat for her and he was just putting them on social media blast it was a whole debacle
0: oh <laughs> um, my god what a mess. Yeah,
1: I I wouldn't be surprised if Hallmark said that, though. I think that they've had some LGBT characters just as side characters in movies, but never as a protagonist.
0: Apparently, for this movie, uh, it was Lifetime's first movie to feature a lesbian love story, I think, as the main, yeah, like, through line. I don't know if they had ever had, like, some side plot lesbians, but... That was cool. Did you ever watch like Lifetime movies growing up? Just not the Christmas ones. No, oh my never. God, I did.
1: I I specifically remember watching Lifetime movies back in the day. I feel like they did have queer stories, but it was always like story about a trans woman just trying to live her life and then she gets brutally murdered Oh and isn't that so sad like I feel like that's the kind of stories that they were making back in like 2008 you know right back when I was like in middle school watching a lot of Lifetime movies
0: that's the kind of Lifetime movies that I'm familiar with anyway like woman gets her face ripped off by a dog and now she's she makes muffins the Lifetime movie (laughs)
1: That sounds like a Rick and Morty bit. I'm so sorry. How could you say that to me? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this was a welcome departure
0: from that. I felt very gay. To me, it, d- it didn't feel like straight people were writing it. Uh, it was written by Michael J. Murray, who also wrote a gay Christmas movie for Lifetime featuring two male gay leads in 2020. And so I'm not sure of his orientation, but perhaps one of us? Perhaps.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I felt very like authentically gay in a way that I feel like I was not expecting. Honestly, I was expecting it to be very much just like a twist on... The traditional Hallmark Lifetime Christmas movie where sexual orientation wouldn't actually be discussed at all, but they would just have a relationship. You know, and it would just be normalized and they just wouldn't talk about it. Yeah. But they talked very openly about gay stuff,
0: which was good. Right. And I also appreciated how they didn't have to come out to anybody. Yes.
1: Yeah, me too. Coming out was not a plot line at all, which was, again, a welcome change
0: from Happiest Season. (laughs) Also, I have not done extensive research on this. I just Googled it now, but there's at least one tweet saying that Michael J. Murray is a gay man himself, so... Now you've heard it third hand from Gaze Gaze.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, are you ready for me to summarize this film? Yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: for those of you who have not taken the time to watch this little bad Christmas movie gem of a film, um, I'll give a quick overview of what's about to happen. So Under the Christmas Tree is about a woman named Charlie, who's a Christmas tree whisperer, who works for the government of Maine and selects the annual tree for the governor she and her coworker are traveling around to find the perfect christmas tree and it's also about alma who is the daughter of two owners of a Christmas store. And she also co-owns a bakery with her best friend, Marie. Alma's parents are retiring and they're leaving the business in their house to her. And Charlie, uh, as she's seeking this perfect Christmas tree for the governor, she finds that the, the ideal Christmas tree that has whispered to her is the one that's in Alma's backyard. So that's kind of the conflict of the film so the two women meet and there's some like immediate connection and flirting and they keep running into one another and eventually alma finds charlie at her parents house it turns out that charlie wants to buy her parents christmas tree and give it to the government so the governor can use it at this ball and she gives alma her business card alma tries to talk her parents out of selling the tree because of all the sentimentality that surrounds it i guess they have like an annual christmas party there there's a lot of memories attached to the tree But her parents are kind of like, well, we would sell it. It's fine. And um, also, her parents are very impressed by Charlie, and they proud that maybe Alma could date her so that Charlie could work at their store. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They're like (laughs) very obsessed with her immediately. So the next morning after this, Alma texts Charlie to decline and refuse to sell the tree because there's just too much, too many memories attached to it. And Charlie says that this has to just be Alma's opening serve, and that with a little bit time she can convince her to sell. Charlie then meets up and chats with Alma's mom, who offers to introduce her to some people around town. And Charlie later stops by their house to drop off a Christmas wreath as a little thank you gift. But she runs into Alma there who introduces her to her pet chickens who are named Susan, Mary, Betty, and Judy. And uh, Alma says that their names are a riddle that if Charlie can crack it, it will help her figure Alma out. Incredible. So the next day at a gingerbread house competition. (laughs) This was truly unhinged. This was the most unhinged scene in the goddamn movie. Alma and Charlie, they're randomly matched up as partners in the gingerbread house competition. And this leaves Alma very upset because she desperately wants to win. And Charlie has been pretending like she's completely incompetent. But Charlie later proves herself to be a very competent partner. And they build a very classic and elaborate looking gingerbread house. But their biggest competition, a duo that is the town grandma and also the town's goth college student. (laughs) Those two, they build a Nightmare Before Christmas house house with, like, flashing LED lights, and it's super sick, and it really wows the crowd. But ultimately, Alma and Charlie win the competition, and they take home the trophy. Though, to be fair, it's very obvious that this is a biased win, because Alma's best friend, Marie, is the judge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh my- yeah, well, of course she's gonna Uh win. So afterwards, Alma and Charlie celebrate with mulled wine at Alma's parents' house, and when things are winding down charlie finds the family piano and she just can't resist decluttering the bench and playing oddling sign and she's playing it kind of poorly but she's giving it her all and she's very surprised when alma's dad is listening and he says that this is his piano and then they play a duet together which totally wows both alma and her mom because apparently he hasn't played music in years after this very impressed alma takes charlie to see the tree And Charlie asks if Alma has changed her mind about selling it. And Alma says, no, I have not changed my mind. I'm not selling the goddamn Christmas tree. But the two of them plan a date together. Or, as Alma says, it's not a date. It's a business meeting. (laughs) And Charlie rents out Alma and Marie's cafe. And the two have a very romantic dinner where they talk about their families, what it's like to be gay, and how much they both love Christmas. Then Charlie burns their dinner, so they skip to dessert and have a very flirtatious little kiss. And the second that they kiss... Charlie magically solves the chicken riddle, which is that all of the chickens are named after Christmas movie protagonists. Who could have guessed? (laughs) In this Christmas movie? I was shocked. So the next day, Alma and Charlie go to decorate the Christmas tree together. And Alma tells some nostalgic stories about the tree, like when her parents got engaged under it and when she had her first gay kiss next to the Christmas tree. And then Charlie uses her Christmas tree whispering powers to read the tree and she can tell its whole history like that there was a drought two years ago and the tree survived a lightning strike and all of this other stuff So no, she's the Christmas tree whisperer, she whispers certified Later that night, Charlie and her business partner, her coworker, they go to Alma and Marie's naughty or nice themed party. Where Oh my god, I loved this. The
0: camp of it all. Yeah,
1: me too. Oh, um, and both of them they get a twelve days of Christmas oracle card reading.
0: Yes. The- and <laughs> the tarot cards, which I was so ready for another tarot card scene and then they're their Christmas tarot cards.
1: Yes. <laughs> the 12 Days of Christmas Oracle cards. And they eat some delicious desserts together and they just hang out at the party and then Alma's dad sings Odd Lang scene again for the crowd and the two women subtly confess to one another that they have caught feelings. But Alma hates that Charlie is going to be leaving because she used to have a long distance girlfriend and it didn't end up working out and And Charlie kind of responds by saying that she's tired of living out of a suitcase. Maybe she would settle down here. Who knows?
0: Who knows?
1: So the next day, Charlie and her coworker go out to look for a new tree because it's very clear that Alma isn't going to budge. And meanwhile, Alma and her parents are talking about options for the family moving to Arizona. Uh, this is because their warehouse isn't doing too well the family business is kind of flopping and so they're like well what
0: if we moved Arizona maybe we could keep the business afloat not to be too specific but the mom hires like an outside agency to audit their business and so even though the business is doing well currently this like outside agency is suggesting that they might not do as well in the future and that they need to make changes now
1: yeah so as a consultant
0: yeah, the consultant.
1: So while Charlie and her coworker are having coffee together, Charlie's boss shows up and basically says, You just have to get Alma's parents' signature and forget all about Alma. Who cares? <laughs> um, conveniently, Alma shows up right then and there, and she's obviously very hurt because she's like, Oh, Charlie was just manipulating me this whole time so that I could, so that they could. Buy my family's Christmas tree.
0: Get my Christmas tree. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, So after this, Charlie is completely distraught because she's like, oh my god, Alma thinks I have bad intentions, but I genuinely really like her. So she gets a pep talk from Marie, who tells her that she can find her way in this world. And then Charlie goes out to hunt for trees again. And an owl that she once saved that she named Kris Kringle (laughs) magically appears and saves the day and guides her to the the world's most perfect Christmas tree, which she can cut down and give to the governor. So problem solved. We've averted the crisis. So that night, Charlie goes to see Alma in the chicken coop and she says that they're going to leave the next morning. Um, With the tree. And she tells Alma that she found the the other tree and that they're not going to take away her family's precious heirloom. And Charlie um, then says that she may be a tree whisperer, but Alma is a Christmas whisperer. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and charlie then says that alma will know what to do with the family business and she says that everything that she ever said to alma was real and she really meant it both of them start crying alma says that their fling was wonderful but it's over now and charlie cries as she leaves and alma wistfully looks off into the distance and keeps crying very emotional scene So we're coming up on the end because as you know, all Christmas movies hit their climax with 10 minutes left. So So the next morning, Charlie and her coworker are getting ready to leave town and Marie gives them some treats for the road. And she also delivers a very big gift to Charlie from Alma, which is their gingerbread house trophy. Wow. So thoughtful. She had always wanted that trophy, but she gave it away. So that night, Alma and her parents have a s'mores bonfire party for the entire town where they will light the Christmas tree. Alma tells her parents that as the new CEO, she will not move the warehouse to Arizona and she doesn't care what the consultant thinks. And her parents ultimately support her in that. Alma gives the speech at the party about how Christmas is special because family and friends and love and also this giant tree, which is really cool. And we then see that Charlie is in the crowd and she makes her way over to Alma and she apologizes and says that she has applied to be the executive director of the local reforestation project. And it's implied that she just automatically got the job. She says, quote... They could use a certified tree whisperer. Oh, my God. How did she get certified in this? I don't know. That has
0: that does not matter at all. She just showed them, probably. Yeah, she was like, this is my certification. She was like, this tree saw you bury a body under it two years ago. And if you don't give me a job, I'm going to tell everybody about it. Honestly, she probably could tell that. That's yeah. so scary.
1: Oh, my um. God. So then Alma asks if Charlie would be willing to give it another shot. And then with the rest of the family, Alma and Charlie light the Christmas tree. They say Merry Christmas and then they share a very passionate kiss. And this is the end as the, the scene fades out and we can hear Chris Kringle the owl softly hooting in the background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate gay ally. I,
1: what a movie, man. You know how with Season of Love, I was like, there's not enough Christmas. It's not giving season.
0: Yeah. This
1: is fucking giving season, baby. This is all Christmas.
0: It's all Christmas all the way down. Every single scene is Christmas. Yeah. And that's what you want from a Christmas movie. I think so. Yeah. That is one thing that when I watched this and I was like, this movie is fucking boring. I I was not considering that. You want something to put on in the background while you're like making food for Christmas or whatever or wrapping presents or something and you only have to half pay attention and there are lesbians in it. And that this movie gets the job done. Yeah, like. That's the whole thing about Christmas movies,
1: is that they're supposed to be nothing content. Like, it's supposed to be the most easily digestible, like, heartwarming, sappy, no-conflict movies, where the stakes are so low, and everything is Christmas-themed. Something that you can put on while you're decorating sugar cookies with your girlfriend.
0: Oh, I'm glad we got something finally with enough Christmas in it. This movie, though, like, it cheesy is the right word. <laughs> yeah, they all are. Oh my God. The gingerbread making contest <laughs> It's so ridiculous. It's over the top. Almost like I always get second place and the two best competitors, they're this like Goth girl and this old lady. And oh no, now they're on a team together, I'm never gonna win and then she ends up winning. But the during the judging, they don't even look at the houses. They don't look no, at the back. The back is don't. completely decorated. This movie's unrealistic and that's why I hate
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Why what's up with the hatred in your heart for this
0: movie? I'm being silly. That's You're the being reason. The Grinch. I'm, I know, I am the Grinch. I'm I'm a fucking little Krampus over here. I'm gonna steal you and put you in my basket, and we're going to a place where all the Christmas trees are sad, and you're gonna have to listen to them. (gasps) Kris Kringle, the owl, water, (laughs) eyes in the distance. Yeah, I think maybe my hatred of this movie just comes from the fact that I don't, I don't understand Christmas movies. That's fine. Yeah.
1: I feel like growing up, I was never really that interested in watching them because they were so unrelatable. Yeah. Like, so completely unrelatable. Like, who falls in love with this man on Christmas? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Not me. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's what was missing, though. Once the protagonist falls in love with a woman... (laughs)
1: Yeah. Now we're on board. Then I'm back on board.
0: Yeah, I I do think that my heart is just is full of of Grinchness or something. Your heart was four sizes too small? It's too small. (laughs) Exactly. I I so I'm gonna I'm just gonna speed run the things that I found in this movie that were very silly and and then I'm gonna let them leave my heart and let my heart grow four sizes larger because this is a silly Christmas movie and I'm taking it too seriously. yeah but the fact that the mom hires a consultant and the consultants like your business is not going to do as well very soon unless you just make an online catalog and also maybe like move your distribution center these are just suggestions though and alma is like i'm not doing any of them I'm, i'm the christmas whisperer and i can do whatever i want and i thought that was silly i agree why not make a online catalog
1: (laughs) yeah at least make the online catalog i think her whole thing was like we can't get rid of the print catalog it's like well you could still make the print one just also make the online one
0: yeah they make a mock-up of the online catalog and she's like this is too corporate and it's like it's a mock-up you can change the pictures to whatever you want them to be i know (laughs)
1: Yeah, I feel like so much of Christmas movies is about keeping tradition alive. That is like just so much about what Christmas is about in the U.S. That's true. So I think that that's why she's like that, because she truly is the embodiment of Christmas.
0: That's true. I was caught off guard by it, though, because I'm so used to... And I guess, like, this is my own personal bias and also not necessarily true universally. But I guess as, like, a lesbian, I'm, like... Like, my own experience coming out was a lot of, like, I am going against what is expected of me. And so I feel like I am breaking tradition by, like, following my heart and, like, being a lesbian, basically. And so it's just funny to get a film where this lesbian's, like, doubling down. She's like, we're never gonna go online. Like, I'm gonna die on this print catalog. (laughs) Well, she's... She's following what's in her heart, too. That's true. You know, so this is my heart growing like one size bigger. I'm opening my mind. You know, <laughs> there's many ways to be a lesbian. <laughs> it's so true. But yes, also as a marketing person, I'm like, I have marketing brain, which is bad. That's a disease. It is a disease. I need to be cured. <laughs> um.
1: one thing too that did stand out to me now that we're talking about like lesbian identity with this movie there's a scene where alma's like christmas movies like turn everybody gay i would be surprised if you watched a christmas movie and didn't come out gay something like that she doesn't say it exactly like that and i was like i could not relate less to
0: this (laughs) i personally
1: i could not relate less unless again we're talking about the grinch because he is a gay christmas icon
0: oh so true
1: he's a mean one
0: he's a mean one mr grinch And now we're closing out my nitpick section by also mentioning that I thought it was so funny that the dad, he was like, I gave up on music. And then somebody goes into his house and plays the piano once and he's like, I'm back in.
1: (laughs) Wait, no, I love that, though. I guess that's how it is. I thought it was so funny that they cast the mom and the dad to clearly be parallels to Mr. and Mrs. Claus
0: yeah (laughs) yeah
1: they really yeah they really look like you would cast as mr and mrs claus in just a movie about santa which brings up another point when are we gonna get a lesbian movie about lesbian santa
0: well it's gonna come out like the day we release this episode probably yeah
1: dude also i heard that fucking christmas of the ranch the other tello christmas movie that they made after season of love i heard that shit fucking slaps I heard that one's so good. So we have to do that next year unless another new Christmas movie comes out. Then maybe we have to do two. We just do a double feature. Because that one, it was described as a Christmas movie for horse girls.
0: Yo! Yeah.
1: (laughs) And they're lesbians, obviously, so...
0: When are they going to do a Christmas movie for wolf girls? It's so true. You know? I said it's so true, but like... (laughs) Since when
1: do you associate wolves with Christmas? Tell me that, Erin. Since when do you associate horses with Christmas? I, I do kind of associate horses with Christmas because I think about like the fucking horse-drawn carriage. Oh fuck, you're jingle right. Jingle bell on the way to Grandma's house. Damn. I see. I'm so right. But wolves, you are
0: right. All right, well, if not wolves, then you got to go for the other girl category and dragons. (laughs) Where's the dragon Christmas movie? Actually, they're just going to invent reindeer girls. I will say (laughs) I was so ready to be like a major Scrooge during this podcast but then like right before we started recording i was looking at a slate article by christina catarucci i'm so sorry if i pronounced your name wrong but she wrote a whole article for slate called lifetime's first lesbian christmas movie made one joke that nearly destroyed me and she really didn't like this movie At least, like, that's what I'm getting from the article that she wrote. She said in it that queer love is so mainstream that it's corny, which I thought was kind of rude, personally. Yeah. And that Alma and Charlie's relationship is played as a parent-friendly, almost childlike endeavor, which I... It's a Lifetime movie? Yeah. I don't know what she was expecting. Every single, like, Hallmark Lifetime Christmas
1: movie is like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, the other line that I pulled from this article was the lack of sex in the women's sexual orientation felt like a real bummer, but, like, they, they kiss, they go on dates, they obviously have a lot of chemistry together, like, they're not gonna fuck. <laughs>
1: I, yeah, maybe someone who's more versed in the heterosexual bad Christmas movie realm can speak to this, but I don't think that they're having sex in the, in the straight Christmas romance movies either. Yeah,
0: I don't think so either. Also, this takes place over like a couple of days. Yeah. Like, it takes a place over like a week, I guess, but they're not gonna necessarily fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be crass. No, no, I get it. But but the other thing that really bothered me from this article, which I went back specifically to look this up. The joke from the title of the article is when... Alma and Charlie are going up to look at the Christmas tree. They go up on a cherry picker. And in order to do that, they have to put harnesses on. And while they're putting on the harnesses, uh, Charlie says to Alma, nothing like a good harness to start your day, which I loved. Yeah, it's so cheeky. So yeah. cheeky, so fun. Christina, in her article, she quotes the line as being, I like a good harness to start your day. And then goes on and on about, like, how that phrase doesn't even make any sense and that she felt really embarrassed when she heard the line and that, like, it felt really out of place to her and that, like she compared it to walking in on your grandparents having sex. And how? And that she didn't even quote the line right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's whatever. Yeah, I just think that talking
1: about the two women as though they're grandmotherly just feels completely off base.
0: Yeah, I think she meant it like it was like something that you weren't supposed to hear like in this movie that was very chaste and like non-sexual that like, oh, no, now there's a sexual joke. But nobody knows what a harness is. It felt like an in-joke. Yeah,
1: I agree fair take for her personally just not my take i think that's fine i thought i was a little taken aback by it i was like whoa they went there (laughs) but other than that it was not like yeah i loved it i thought it was funny (laughs) yeah but anyway i laughed i said ho 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 oh my god santa (laughs) (laughs) oh my god wow i loved how many parties they had yeah how does (laughs) how do they have so many parties
0: oh my god the naughty and nice party one thing that you didn't mention is that when you arrive you have like a stocking and then you reach into the stocking and then you pull out whether you're naughty or nice and then you get a pair of angel wings if you're nice and a pair of devil ears if you're naughty Yeah. I love that. I thought
1: it was really cute.
0: I want to steal that. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's so funny that they like hire a consultant and the consultant's like, your business is going to fail. Like, it might be failing because they're having a bunch of extravagant parties. How are they having parties every day? (laughs) They're having parties every day. The Christmas tree lighting that they do in their backyard with their beautiful perfect christmas tree they have little booths set up that have like pre-toasted marshmallows for s'mores in them and hot chocolate and everything it was like oh my goodness yeah i'm in the wrong tax bracket (laughs) i know we gotta get
1: our asses up to maine
0: yeah (laughs) oh my god you're that's the secret
1: I'm trying to think of, like, some of the things that I like the most about this movie. I loved all of the interactions that came down to, like, supportive family. Mm -hmm. All the stuff with Alma's parents really being in her corner to get with Charlie.
0: Yeah. It was really
1: sweet. I feel like that is something that in a lot of queer movies is either just written out or, like becomes a contentious plot point like again happy i hate to bring it up again but happiest season is just such a good example yeah where it's like the family is like the enemy ultimately for most of the movie yeah. rather than an actual support and that might be more realistic for many queer people but it's just when you're watching a, a nice christmas movie you want to see nice stuff happening
0: right you're gonna make all the gingerbread sad if you're frosting them while watching happiest season so
1: true <laughs> my depression gingerbread person.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, I loved that both almost parents and then almost friends were doing everything to like help set her up with this girl because they were like you need to date somebody and this is like you're the match made in heaven like they hit it off immediately two women who love christmas how rare is that (laughs) another nice thing was it was like kind of cute in the beginning when they're still getting to know each other that there were like several moments of like oh wow like this Christmas catalog is so beautiful and it's like Alma made that Christmas catalog and then Alma's like wow I loved the tree lighting ceremony last year for the state of Maine and then Charlie's like I found that Christmas tree and I was like wow <laughs> and I saved that owl and I saved that owl <laughs>
1: <laughs> where it's like they've secretly been admiring one another's work for years and didn't even know yeah 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 I thought that, yeah, that it was, was a sweet fun too touch. yeah, yeah. I actually, I really liked the actress who played Charlie. I thought that she had good energy.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Charlie is just a fun character. I mean, I'm just going to pose a question. Why a Christmas tree whisper? (laughs) Why was that a plot point? I don't know. It was unique. It was unique. I've never seen anything like it. I can say that.
0: You know, we gotta ask Michael J. Murray.
1: <laughs> Send him a DM. <laughs> the
0: script. Send him a DM. When we like first said we were gonna do this movie and that was like brought up in the synopsis, I, I did not know where that was going. And then the answer is like so straightforward. It's like she just knows a lot about Christmas trees. Yeah. They call her the Christmas tree whisperer. I was like, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You not. Ain't, ain't nothing more
0: complicated than that. I had expected that she was gonna own like a Christmas tree farm and she just raised the best Christmas trees, but No. I working
1: for the government. That gave me a really big shock. When I heard that, <laughs> it was like <laughs> Do you know the like Animal Crossing shocked emote? Where, yeah! <laughs> with like the sound effect? That was like me in real life. Like she worked for the government.
0: Bomb. <laughs> <government. laughs> I know. I did also. I was. Is this a? This can't be a real job. (laughs) No, the Christmas
1: tree whisperer for the governor.
0: No, (laughs) you just just, you spend all all year looking for the perfect Christmas tree, and you go to somebody's private property and you ask to chop down their Christmas tree. Like they got farms for that, baby. Did you not know?
1: Yeah, she has the most unique job of all time, and I bet she can spend like ninety percent of it just completely bullshitting. ...while getting paid that sweet government money.
0: That's true. She's flirting and going on dates. On the clock, probably. Yeah, on the clock. She's competing in gingerbread competitions during work hours. Oh, my God. I I will not say anything specific, but we do know somebody who works for the government who said that it's a great job because you get to play video games in the middle of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I'm like paraphrasing what he said, but... (laughs) Yeah. What else? Oh, yeah. When I was watching this, I watched it with my girlfriend and like maybe 10 minutes in stevie was like oh wait i recognize alma she was carmilla in the web series she was the main character Mm -hmm. which we haven't watched the web series of carmilla but i haven't i know it's very popular though right
1: yeah um i meanwhile while stevie was doing that i was like that's the girl who plays Winona Earp. And I was, like, Googling fervently. I was like, what do you mean oh it's not her? That's got to be at least her identical twin sister. Like, me.
0: <laughs> if you're like, that's Adam Driver. No, I saw her, like, side profile, and they look so similar. They look kind of similar. To be fair, I was like, oh, that's the goth girl from... NCIS or whatever. No, no. <laughs> How <laughs> yeah. could you even get to that point? <laughs> they, they both got fuck. They got the same hair. No, they don't. Abby has <laughs> fucking pigtails. They got black hair and bangs, and they're white.
1: <laughs> I don't like Alma's design. I will just say that they stage her as like almost like a rockabilly 1950s Christmas elf. No, <laughs> she's given that, and that's fine or whatever. It's just not for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, fair.
1: <laughs> it it might be perfect for The Christmas
0: Whisperer, though. Yeah, you know?
1: I kind of like the conflict being that Charlie really is into Alma and d- doesn't want to play with her feelings. Yeah, But Alma kind of gets the wrong impression about it. Because it's, it's so much lower stakes, too, than a lot of other movies that we've watched where the conflict is something big. God, even like season of love. Yeah, remember the the failed wedding point of conflict.
0: Yeah, and oh then my getting God. together
1: with your ex fiance's sister. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, in some ways, I feel silly complaining because at least the fact that it's different and the fact that there's like not that much conflict in it is a, like a major point in its favor. But it is also kind of the reason why I found it boring. That makes sense. And it does have the typical, like, betrayer revealed trope, misunderstanding moment where Alma walks in having heard half a conversation that Charlie's having with somebody else and being like, you lied to me. You just wanted my Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which, like, could have been explained away almost immediately if she then hadn't been like, I'm leaving. (laughs) Yeah, bye. 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 We're breaking up.
1: <laughs> never talk to me again. Go back to Portland or whatever. Go
0: back to the government. <laughs> oh! <gasps> Stevie's here! Stevie! Stevie! What? It's time for the Stevie Corner! <laughs> this is Stevie's favorite movie right after Jupiter's sending. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> S- Speaking into the microphone.
2: Speaking into the microphone. Stevie, welcome to gays gays Oh, thank you, Aaron and Aaron. Uh, I really appreciate this opportunity to uh, talk about my favorite movie under the Christmas tree.
1: <laughs> okay, wait, Stevie, what what endeared this movie to you? I would have to say it's that
2: both leads are whisperers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Trees and Christmas. Yeah, respectively respectively yes very very important yeah no the only thing that I truly really enjoyed about this film was that Elise Bowman is one of the leads and she's great mm-hmm. uh she's much better in Carmilla than she was in this oh. <laughs> I will say what <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes you just like a nice cheesy holiday movie and I think us as lesbians we deserve to have that
1: we do deserve stevie i think that you're so right i'm I'm saying you know wow it doesn't have to be good it just has to be nice yeah it just has to be nice (laughs) and it just has to be fucking christmas i just just has to be
2: fucking christmas i'm
1: saying i yeah i just need the most christmas you can fit into a movie (laughs) and the most lesbianism and we're getting closer
2: we're, you know, we're getting, we're almost there. It could, it could have been gayer,
1: but... And it could have been more Christmas if they had included Santa.
2: How? I, you know, I was saying... All right, no, here's the thing, though. Like, it turns out that Santa is actually just two lesbians oh. that are different. Like, one is a tree whisperer and one is a Christmas whisperer. And if you just <laughs> meld them together, that's Santa Claus right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm saying.
1: If they raised we, a baby together. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, they could make a sequel. You never they can, know.
2: You know, and that's that's the new Santa. They named their child regardless of gender. <laughs> Santa. Yeah, oh this no. is this is our, our child, gonna... Santa Claus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Santa has to save the business, the family business. <laughs>
1: God. Would they name their baby after that owl, Chris Kringle?
0: Chris Kringle. Chris
2: Kringle. <laughs> no i'm mad they never showed the owl on screen
1: just, oh, just yeah they could have i feel like they could have got an extra like couple hundred bucks in the budget for that
2: <laughs> and you know just a, just a little it could have just been like a terrible puppet just anything they could have oh. bought stock <laughs> footage uh, they mm-hmm. there were so many options and they didn't even show the owl didn't even try. They were like, we just got this audio of an owl hooting, and we're just gonna replay it over and Yeah, over. we found
1: <laughs> we found this Bird Noises CD at Goodwill, <laughs> and this is what we'll include in our movie. And that's it.
2: That's all you need. <laughs> you know, the budget seemed pretty tight, to be honest.
1: I wish I could look up what the budget for this movie
2: was, actually. Oh my god.
0: The cinematography was pretty good.
2: Uh, you know, it's it certainly was a film that we watch.
1: There is no posted budget because obviously it was a made-for-TV movie. Right. It was nominated at the GLAAD Awards for the most outstanding TV movie. (laughs) It did not (laughs) win. Um, I don't know who (laughs) won that. (laughs) Who won that? The other uh, nominees were The Christmas House to Deck Those Halls. Deck what?
2: Those Halls. That Let's was the go, on the to Hallmark get my Channel. Oh.
1: And then, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, mm-hmm. Single All The Way, which, <laughs> which mm-hmm. was about a gay man who convinces his best friend to be his boyfriend for Christmas. That one actually won. What? That one
0: sounds so good. That sounds fun. And then
1: there was Nash Bridges and which is a police drama and finally oh. listen to this oh no the fear street trilogy <laughs> oh, yo no. let's go fear street lost wow, a single all the lost. way that's so sad <laughs> that
2: yeah,
0: is um, sad. sounds like somebody's AO3 history is full of fake dating and they like rigged the vote <laughs>
2: that's it that's what it happened all
0: right thank you for joining us for the stevie corner
2: yes Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, thank you, Stevie.
1: Um, I'm so glad to hear your hear your opinions. Uh, thank you, Aaron. Bye. Bye. With the Stevie corner said and done, I just agree with Stevie. This movie is like a ten out of ten. No notes. It's good. <laughs> It couldn't have been more Christmas and more lesbian, yes, but I think it is very appropriate. But that's just my personal taste, you know? It's very appropriately Christmas and lesbian. How could it be more Christmas? Santa! There's not enough fantasy. It's too real-life Christmas. I need
0: more fantasy Christmas. Chris Kringle the owl magically selects the perfect Christmas tree. I Yeah, but there's no magic. That's okay. I understand. You know, where are the elves? Where's the North Pole? Where's Santa? We need the magical realism lesbian movie for
1: you we specifically. Do. We'll get it eventually. I, I can feel it. We'll get it. We'll get there. Man. Society's advancing.
0: You know, if you're really nice this year, maybe Santa will bring it to you. <laughs> I can only
1: hope. Please. I haven't heard any talk about a new lesbian Christmas movie this year.
0: Yeah, it'll pop up. They're running out of first lesbian movie titles. Like, first it was first lesbian holiday movie, and then it was first lesbian holiday movie released by a major broadcast whatever, and now it's first lifetime lesbian movie. Like, what'll it be next year? So true. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas if you celebrate. If you don't,
1: happy holidays, and I would say happy new year, but... We can say that after our Onisama episode. Yeah, you gotta wait. What a way to ring in the new year!
0: We're gonna talk about
1: incest again, yay! If there's nothing I can do to sell you on Onisama, if you have not watched it. It's this. So, like, it's a shoujo manga and anime from the 70s. Very, very heavy lesbian themes. Um, But And and we all knew this, but Jude said that what would have convinced them to watch it earlier was reading the themes section on the Onisama Wikipedia, which opens with this sentence. The show's themes revolve around suicide, incest, lesbianism, drug addiction, violence, divorce,
0: and disease. That is true. Kaoru in the Onisama A has Bishonen disease. Yeah, she and really does.
1: Yeah. But you haven't gotten to the point where they finally reveal her diagnosis but oh, they
0: actually reveal it oh yeah <laughs> they will
1: reveal her diagnosis oh my God, I, I really thought that she just had i'm too beautiful disease <laughs> no she hasn't actually they will reveal it sorry for spoilers but no i i'm it's a slow burn baby go watch it if you haven't because we're
0: doing it next that's what's next up yeah, on your radar it's on retro crush too so you can watch it with commercials
1: um and merry christmas uh this is Gaze Gaze. I can't remember what our outro was <laughs> out. Uh thanks for thanks for listening and joining us for Christmas. If you feel like it, you should follow us on Twitter at Gaze, Gaze until Twitter finally dies where you can tweet with us and That's what I want DM for us. Christmas. Yeah, all I want for Christmas is Twitter Swift Death. Uh, we say it every episode. Eventually it'll come, and I know it. When Twitter does die, you can email us at erin at with your thoughts. If you know of any lesbian holiday movies that we've missed, please send them our way. We would love to add them to the calendar for next holiday season. Many thanks to Kate and Leslie of Neon and Nude for letting us use their songs, Look in Love and Do Pretty Thing for our intro and our outro music. You should go buy their album at neonandnude.bandcamp.com. You can also stream it on Spotify. I would recommend just picking it up. It's a great album. Really fun. Ooh, get it for
0: somebody for Christmas. Yes, you could do that. You know? Digital download. And Leslie Hall merch, perhaps. Yes. She still has her statue. She's also selling this one-of-a-kind Skunk River Bridge painting for $250. This is a 20-inch by 10-inch acrylic on panel. Yeah, sometimes she does sell
1: her paintings. I've seen them in her store before. You can own a Leslie Hall original. There's a rainbow print t-shirt as well. You know? Oh,
0: fuck. Actually, these are beautiful. I want this. Yeah, they're really cute. We don't have Gays Gays merch, so go buy Leslie Hall merch. Yeah. (laughs) Someday we'll get the Gays Gays merch going if
1: they'll ever fucking let us.
0: Yeah. Actually, I have an idea for a gaze gaze shirt that i want to do just honestly for me and aaron to have but if you are legitimately interested in having a shirt for our show please email us at aaron at gaze gaze and that will help get me motivated to actually finish the design
1: Uh, yeah i want to find a place that will sell internationally too obviously because i know that we have so many
0: international listeners so we love our australian listeners (laughs) and we hate our uk listeners that's not true stop (laughs) it's a joke i'm sorry we love our our european listeners no i didn't say european i said fucking britain stop (laughs) you're actually i'm so sorry we don't hate our uk listeners we love our listeners from scotland (laughs) and from northern ireland i'm canceling you Okay, well, I'll catch in two
1: weeks for Onisamae and to round out the year.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm so excited to talk about him.
1: Yeah. But until then, I'm Erin.
0: And I'm Erin. And we are gay. We're gay. Uh, to the lesbians. To the lesbians. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.
1: If you love